even on his deathbed, he was in a coma. I didn't know what to do. I said, Golds, I don't know what to do. You're sitting here. You got nothing going on. I Just like I said, you want me to jerk you off? <laughs> I said, I've never done anyone else. I'm good with my own. And I mimed that I was jerking him off. And I swear he came out of a coma and he went, Hey guys, you're listening to the Perfect Ten podcast. Yay! And back again for week number two is Craig Shoemaker. Hi. Yes. You, you haven't actually left. We've just stopped recording the oh, last episode. Oh, I thought episode, you were going to pretend then, that I had. And then I'm you here left back and came back. Day. I couldn't get enough of you all. <laughs> you just, I made you drive all the way home and then drive all the way back. And then Aaron called me and said, get back in here. We, <laughs> we can't do this without you. By the way, the, the, the name, I have a Philadelphia accent and Siri does not understand me. I have an assistant named, a female named Aaron. And it'll say, you would like me to call Aaron. And it'll be all my Aaron's will pop up with the, you know, with the A, uh-huh. the dudes. I can't stand the Philadelphia accent. It drives oh. me crazy. And it drives Siri crazy. <laughs> Siri hates me. I've, 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 can, <laughs> you can make Siri talk in different voices too, right? Can you? I don't even know. I think you can. I think you can make it an English male, which would do much better than, you know, I grew up with females hating me. So I have a pr- bad relationship. My mom with never Siri. loved me. Oh no! Yeah, seriously, never did. Doesn't. No, speak your mom had to have loved you. I don't know. Never said it. Definitely never said it. And then there's some manifestations of that, which would indicate no, she did not want a boy or me. Oh. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe deep down she does, just doesn't express it. I hate when people go, "It's the generation." I just I can't attest to another person's love for a child, but I just can't imagine, as you are a parent, how you cannot just. I feel like. No matter what my kids did, like I, I just couldn't help but love them. I just, they're just. Last night, August got mad at me. He's like, "I hate you, mommy," and I just looked at him and I was like, "Whatever, <laughs> like <laughs> you don't hate me. Come here, silly." And well, the next not, thing you know, nice he's cuddling, that. you know, that's, that's, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I don't hate you." Yeah, that's a good you, thing because you know we, who doesn't love their children? Narcissists. So it must mean you're not a narcissist. And unfortunately, many comedians are. Oh. You know it comes what, with the territory. You know what I learned a about a lot of times. I learned an interesting f- thought about narcissism, which is, it's a form of addiction. Oh yeah. So you're addicted to wanting positive affirmation, and which makes total sense because so many comics are addicts too. So it's just another form of that. And you, I, I have one that I have studied. Unfortunately, you know, been on the other side of studying. Uh huh. And I have noticed the the behavior is just insane of what they do with their addictive behavior. There's, you know, there's, they also have a part of them that lures you in. You know how they do it? They compliment you. What do you mean, comedians? No, narcissists. Or just people, narcissists. Oh, they, they compliment, compliment you so that you'll you. have to compliment them back. No, it's because you, they will set your trap that way. Because then you think, this is a person, they're definitely not a narcissist. They're not thinking of themselves. They've complimented the hell out of me. Until... They think that you're betraying them, and then it's the exact opposite. They will turn on you like a, in a, on a dime and attack you with everything you, they have. And that's what they do. That's part of their spider-like, scorpion-like methodology. That's what they do. They bring you in. I've seen a certain someone do this with lawyers, therapists. You're the greatest. How do you do this? Wow, you're amazing that you can handle this. This must be the hardest case you've ever had. Oh, this is awful. And the second they say, hey, wait a minute, you want to, might want to be self-accountable. Oh, my God, I'm going to have you banned. I'm calling the state bar. <laughs> this is what they do because that's, the, that's their game. Oh. And they're addicted to that game. 
and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no intervention you could do. It's a worse addiction than crack. Because crack's obvious. This is not as obvious. Huh. Yeah, because they lure you in to be their teammate. Well, their ego maybe is so fragile they need the constant affirmation. Is that what it is? Well, it's way more than that. It's just it it goes to a point of it's just such self-obsession and everything's about them. It's about their image. They never want their image to be tarnished oh, or examined. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's what they want you to know on the outside. They have to be perfect. They have to look perfect. Even and, though they're and make clearly sure that not everything perfect. is spun that way. There's even if they do, if they're self-accountable, it'll be some, kind of some light thing. Like, oh, here's one: my picker's broken. Picker. You know, you'll hear like when somebody like chooses the wrong mate, they'll go, "My picker's broken." Like the way they pick oh. is broken. My picker's broken. No, how about get down to the bottom line of you're broken. Period. Because the picker broken still makes you the victim of the people you pick, as opposed to. Oh, no, I must self-examine, but narcissists have no ability to do that whatsoever. So there's these little clever ways they have of getting around things. Well, blaming other people blaming around other them other people for and being a victim, pro- too. Oh, God. they got to be a victim. You know, At the end of the day, they're the victim. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's sad when somebody yeah. feels like they're always the I've been around that. Yeah. I've seen that where somebody feels like they're constantly being victimized, and there's absolutely nothing that... That Even the people they set up, I mean, they're, that's, they're setting them up to be a victim of those same people. Like, they'll say, look at all I did for them. I complimented them, and I was so kind to them, and right. look how they came after me. That's what they perceive it as. Is you even saying something to them is like, you might want to change something up here. You know, it's not really working. Oh, that's an attack to them mm. because it doesn't fit with what they want you to believe about them, that they're perfect. They want you to believe that they're part. It's it's an amazing thing, but boy, is it a tough thing. Now, here's the other thing: is unfortunately, you can also be addicted to being the other person in, in the that relationship. relationship. Yes, which there's you know processes for that to get out of that. You can just become as addicted as they are. I mean, I know this one narcissist that has a a cohort for years that colludes with, that aligns with, and well, believes that an all the BS. An enabler, yeah. Yeah. You call it that, yeah. yeah. Actually, They're... I had somebody say that those people are flying monkeys. They'll go and do anything that the person needs. That the needs. wicked says? Yeah. 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 Well, now you're up my right alley, The Wizard of Oz. Mm. I'm all about The Wizard of Oz. That is with... the, the greatest metaphorical movie that has ever existed. That's why it stands the test of time. You can still watch it. They even predicted it in the beginning. They said... This will be for the ages. They say it in the, the initial, uh, uh, the start of the movie they talk about. It. And it's true. It's because it's everyone's story. It's everyone's story, Dorothy, you know, looking at the world, you know, this dark world that she lives in and seeing these rainbows in the distance and dreaming about the rainbows and the life that could be and then creating a mess for herself that she blamed on someone else. She created the mess, you realize. She went into the woman's garden. That woman said, don't go into my garden. A little bitch went in there. (laughs) (laughs) But we think, oh, because she's got gingham and, you know, and the little uh, pigtails and stuff that she's innocent. But no, she's not. She created that that conflict and then became the victim of it. Right. And just like we all do, you know, we're all kind of narcissistic in our way of thinking. She goes back to Annie M and then they become 
And, and the power people, you know, the, you always have the power people. That's Miss Gulch, and she she owns the land, remember? So they can't even con- – uh, she says, if, uh, if I wasn't a Christian woman, you know, Annie M., you know, I would tell you. And then she censors herself because she knows she can't mess with the power. And then her whole life goes into a tailspin, right? Uh-huh. Dorothy's life goes into a tailspin, right? She, mm-hmm. she goes – she runs away because we all think we can run away from our problems. Should I stop, by the way? We're, we're, no, no. Only, we're only at the beginning of the movie. It's yeah. No, I think we all know the story, but it's but it's a metaphorical <laughs> it's like story. Said, anyway, she goes never down. Never thought about it quite this Mind, much. body, and spirit. We're all composed of mind, body, and spirit. That's what Scarecrow, Tim Man, and Lion are. They're all they're all those components of ourselves, which make us a whole self. But the, you know, for instance, the lion. I identify most with him. He's supposed to be the king of the forest. He's labeled the king of the forest, but he's just a dandelion. <laughs> and everyone on that set was high as hell and fucking each other. And oh yeah. A blast. So, so they always hear the stories of the parties on there. Yeah, that's uh, the movie itself. But the movie as it is is the great metaphor of life, of fears, and um, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain with all the pomp and circumstance and light show and fire and brimstone. To keep people intimidated, and like you said, the monkeys doing her work for her, the Winkies did the work for her because they were in fear. But guess what? The Winkies were freed by Dorothy just helping her friend, being of service to her friend. Naturally, what came to her is to pour the bucket on them to stop the fire, and then the the fear melted away, and then you killed her. I remember being frightened when I was a kid. But guess what? They were they they said all hail Dorothy because she freed them from being. In, in, being in, in this, I'm it, so lost now. <laughs> oh, really? Are you no, really? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. But she bit. was so she was a victim of herself. Yeah. Right. But then she saves herself. And not only yep. that, the, and the, everybody else. And the scarecrow, the light comes in, the light, the the, the, right? the the divine, and says, you know, you've had the answer all along. You've been wearing it, and we don't need a badge of courage to say that we have courage. You are mm-hmm. these things. We are all these things already. We are great potential. And then the scarecrow leans in and goes, I should have thought of that for her. But no, you can't think about anything for anyone else. That's why a therapist isn't your answer. Right. Nobody's your answer. You've got to find it. And you have the answer all along within you. It's just that as we talked about. you got to go on that journey. you got to go on the journey and you got to discover these things for yourself. And take not responsibility for, right. for yourself. Exactly. And not put the blame on other people. Exactly. I and love it. And that's what narcissists do is they put, try to put the blame on everyone else. And, and you, your mother was a narcissist. Because uh, yeah. it's full circle, right? It's a little, beyond, a little beyond narcissism, well, yeah. It's, it's, what it's blows my mind about start, starting back with your mom is that what I was saying is that like the greatest gift in, in my mind is like I never knew how wonderful it would be to have a kid. But now mm-hmm. that I have one, I'm just like I'm in awe of that. And I know you've got four yeah, because you're the love master. You yeah. can't help but making babies. <laughs> how do you not make babies just sitting next to ladies? Those sperm are masterful. Right. The but, two ladies in this room right now, you better go home and take the after morning pill. <laughs> morning after pill. As we were sitting too close p- to the love master. I'm dyslexic. The, what I call it. The after, after morning, morning pill. pill. After you wake up in the morning. Well, after this morning, baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Your love master, baby. Um, that's like, oh, it's so that comfortable voice is for so me funny. To, is it funny or is it eerie? It's creepy and funny. It is creepy. So, but I've had women say it's creepy, too. Yeah. Nikki, but, where are you with it? Creepy? Well, Nikki, you've never seen him do it live, have you? Well, I've seen it she, on, on, online. You've seen online. it now. You know, it it's now creepy. It, it's kind of creepy. As long as I don't look at you when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. No, I think. 
baby. You look at this, I could poke your eye out, baby. It is is creepy. (laughs) But but when you see him doing it live, it's so the the character is so funny. So it makes women. Yeah, wild swoon. desire. Yeah, it's something. Something <laughs> happens, and every guy goes home and tries to be the love master. Are you right wild away. with desire? I don't know. No. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. No, I don't if you're know. in a comedy I'm audience and not right next to me, a guy twice your age, I mean, you might. <laughs> that might something else might happen, but right now it's creepy. I don't no, know. I just think that I'm dead inside. So. No, <laughs> you're dead inside. He's dead. Everything's dead. You so. need the laughter to access that. That's what you need to do. Waking up, uh, waking it up, wake it up, baby. I don't know. Oh yeah. I was just trying to bring it around to Brian. <laughs> oh, you're looking for a good segue. <laughs> I was. Somet- I was. Sometimes that's the best but segue no. is to be honest that you don't have a that segue. I, well, I was trying because when we started, yeah. from the point where we started, was about about kids and having um and how it's like the like a wonderful gift and that Brian, his story for for getting to fertility and having a child, it was. It's just the coolest thing. Well, this um, is the perfect segue because many births have happened after people see the love master. There you go. Yes. You've you've made many Every guy babies. goes home and tries to be the love master. Yeah. And they, they by the way, they sound like Kermit the Frog. Hey, I'm the love master. Hey, baby. <laughs> I got a towel rack. Hang a wet blanket on there, baby. Does and, every guy have a love master in him? Oh, that's exactly what it's accessed. And, and here's what's happening, I believe, with the fertility aspect of it is if you're trying to do anything, including trying to have a baby, chances are things aren't going to be loose enough for that to happen. If you let go, which is the ultimate letting go is laughing, and you're having sex with no agenda, no intention, and you're just having fun, you're inviting that spirit in. And that you have a much better chance of having a child based on that that's what making love is about. It's a form of love making is you're bringing this love child into your life in the form of, you know, it has to like how many? Nine million are trying, <laughs> trying nine million sperms are trying to find that. Well, yeah, it trying to find on... that. But, but it loosened things up and by the gate will be open. That's what I say. Yeah, and I, I can tell, think of a lot of people that have kids now because they try to be the love master after the show. Oh, well, I, I, well, for them, they were infertile. <laughs> I don't know. No, though. I've been, people You've told me people they were. people that were infertile and they then they told got me pregnant? That, that the first one that ever came up to me is in Detroit, Royal Oak, after the show, they came up and said, hey, I just want to tell you. And I, and I thought it was a regular thank you. I said, oh, thanks. You were a great audience. You know, I did that one. Yeah. And they go, oh, no, really? We want to tell you how important you are. to." And then they said, we were told we could not have a child. We came, we went to your show. He, we had sex afterwards and it was funny and fun. He tried to be the love master. Now we have a baby girl. And uh, I'm a guy, so she can't be named Craig Alina or anything <laughs> like that. But um, I, And I sent this couple, these, this, these friends of mine, I sent them. I said, go to my show. They have a baby who was born the same week as we adopted ours. So here's how they paid that back was pay it forward. We used the breast milk from her for her child. They're born one week apart, my, my kid and theirs. And that child was conceived after the comedy show. Do you mean she, your she, their child Cooper sent... is Brett was breastfed, and but they, she pumped milk and gave extra it to us. Extra milk for you. Yeah, gave us the extra milk. Oh, yeah. that's really that's nice. Pretty crazy, right? But right. that's you know I'd advise them because they were also miscarriages, couldn't have you know blah, the whole deal. And I said, just go loosen up, go to my show, try it out. The the director of the Love Master movie, Michael Goldberg. Uh huh. 
uh, we were filming the movie in Arizona. We're in a condo. His wife says, I'm ovulating. They were trying to have a kid. And I said, I'll leave. I'm going to go get sandwiches. You be the love master. He said, yeah, baby. And he did the whole thing. And they, <laughs> baby Kayla was conceived. Oh, my God. By the way, he, he died. Um, and one of my best friends. And actually, he's the reason I formed Laughter Heals. They, they, they said uh, about a year and a half later, they said, you have brain cancer. You have three months to live. And I said, oh, geez. And that's when we formed Laughter Heals. He came to all the Laughter Heals functions that we did and the guided laffidations. And guess what? He lived 15 years past that prognosis. 15 years. We he made was given laugh- a three months. Three months because you have to have a desire to live. And one of the desires to live is to laugh and have joy and pursue happiness, as they say. I mean, and that's what he did. He chose to go, okay, I'm going to live. And he, his child... You know, so she got 15 years with him, but he so he wasn't at his best. Obviously, he was going through seizures and everything else. But we even laughed about that. He had a seizure in Philadelphia <laughs> at a game, and he's standing up having a seizure, and the guys behind him, the Philadelphia fan, down in front with the bad accent, and we we tried to whisper, "He's having a seizure. Let it go." And he's there. I don't care if he's having a seizure. Fuck the seizure. He goes, sit down. <laughs> so, oh my but God. we laughed at it because, you know, you got to laugh at things. And even on his deathbed, he was in a coma. I didn't know what to do. I said, Golds, I don't know what to do. You're sitting here. You got nothing going on. I Just like I said, want me to jerk you off? <laughs> I said, I've never done anyone else. I'm good with my own. And I mimed that I was jerking him off. And I swear he came out of a coma and he went, and he laughed. Are you serious? And then he died a week later. And we had a celebration for him. And the, so he was like. His daughter actually got up in the celebration and said, because all of us shared these funny stories about the dad. And she never knew him except as a sick guy. And she goes, thank you for showing me who my dad was. It was so Dang. cool. We had a funeral, not a funeral. And we just made it so much fun. And uh, But, you know, laughter really does get things going. I mean, it gives you, again, a desire to live. You know, turn away from all the crap. And go to more comedy clubs. That's what I'd say. I I think um, the idea of having a funeral is so <laughs> great. That why was, shouldn't we celebrate people's oh, it was, lives? It was it was so much fun. I mean, we cried our asses off too, but in the meantime, we were really telling funny stories and letting everyone in on some of the secret stories we held on to through the years but he's dead now he's not going to come back and go he should be telling them that right <laughs> so, so it was cool though when his daughter went up there was not a dry eye in the house was beautiful elegant 17 year old got up and said oh thank you for telling me who my father was it was so moving and you know that's the way to live your life you know you live you know with that purpose of i'm going to make this fun and do make the best of it and I do believe that sometimes you're blocking things with your own health, and that includes fertility. You're blocking your own health. It's interesting thought. I mean, I, I can see that because mm-hmm. you do make – I mean, after shows, you'll have people come over and, and tell you that yes. they, you've made them feel so much better. Yes. and Or um, mm-hmm. even – I mean, I remember the this one show I, I did in Iraq, and this soldier came over, and he started crying, and he just – I gave him – like this really long hug, and he cried on my shoulder, and he said that he hadn't laughed in a year. Yep, exactly. And I was just, I just held him while he weeped, and it, I started crying too. It yeah. was so sad. Can you imagine? Look being at in the a, energy he lives with. Right. You know, that's hard. That's hard to have joy when you're, you know, shooting someone or being shot at. I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to find laughter, and it's hard to find purpose of happiness, pursuing happiness if you are in a war. Uh, and just surrounded by, you must surround yourself with the, the ways to deal with fear or to shoot it and kill it. 
as opposed to anything, you know, conscious is you have to be unconscious and accept basically your protocol, which you're trained to do. And it, what a, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm donating some um, packages. You know, we're doing this enlightened up retreat. And I'm donating to wounded warriors who put themselves at the, you know, just at the mercy of, of what they're being told, you know, who to hate, who's evil. And, and sometimes they're not getting the right person. They could kill somebody who's innocent because they're not wearing the right garb. I mean, that's, that's a tough thing to live with, right? So, so we have this enlightened up retreat, which is kind of, I told you before, it's kind of like blending laughter and, you know, happiness with uh, consciousness and uh, development of your wellness. And we're, I'm donating, you know, personally, a bunch of packages. To what is an warrior. example of what you would do to get somebody feeling more enlightened through laughter or whatever? Like, what? You want to do one? You want to? I do a thing called guided laughidation. Okay. You know what? You're prime for it. I'm definitely <laughs> going to do it for you. Right now? now? Like, yes, how long yeah. does it take? It take? We could take just a couple minutes. All right, sure. Why not? Can gonna... Mickey do it with us? Yes, or is of it just course. A you have thing? to do it with us. Even Aaron okay. over there with no microphone, we're going to hear him because actually, right. what happens is the laughter is contagious. Does it involve contagious. me taking my clothes off? No, no, I can make it happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, Are you going to tickle me? What is this? <laughs> That's not my knee under well, the table, baby. What oh. are we walking into, Craig? <laughs> we went into Creepyville. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, yeah, here we go. This, these are so. Okay, so here's what happens: is I, I talk about. I had a lot of pain in my life. I really have. And uh, so, I, what was I going to do about that? Yeah, I could go, you know, continue to drink and do drugs and all that kind of stuff. Have sex with other, you know, multiple partners. Is that yeah, a bad? never fixed it. Are no. these bad things you're describing? <laughs> never. I don't know. Well, I do know that it never fixed me, and it wasn't good to work for a sustainable life for happiness. So I look at these obstacles and I go, oh, God, they're, they're just, they just would just trap me. I couldn't get out. So laughter is an access out of the, you know, to free yourself. So here's what we'll do. We'll do a guided laughidation. We'll start with this is what I do with the, the people. <laughs> I've done this funny. in front of thousands. It's on my website. And we're going to do this in, at the Enlightened Up Retreat. Okay, so take a deep breath in through your nose. And that starts the clearing. Let out. Now, next breath, we're going to let out a ha. Now, ha is a spiritual word. I don't know if you knew that. Buddha, Allah, hallelujah, ha, ha, That's all. That's what you're doing. You're cleansing yourself, okay? So let's right, let so that So if you're out. driving in your car and you're listening, just do this while you're driving and they I hope that nobody's watching just, just you. Just don't close your eyes. Right. Oh, that's another thing I talk to people about is, is look at the message we've been told. Don't let people watch you and wipe that silly grin off your face. Hey, what the hell are you laughing at? We've heard all those messages. Right. Aren't they terrible messages? They should be going, oh, what are you laughing at? Boy, I'd like to laugh with you. But no, we have these messages like, stop that. And we, right. as children, do you know we, they laugh 150 more times a day than adults do? That's Aww. a study. Because they naturally laugh. They let it out. <laughs> but what are we programmed? We're programmed to not do it. So let's take another brief, deep breath and, and let that programming go with a ha. Ah. Feel a little better? <laughs> Feel Oh, look, a little giggle. Yeah, Let out a little giggle. I laugh a lot. But, so, oh, it's yeah, wonderful. Okay. Laugher. Now, this one we're okay. going to. Now, here's it's the other silly. thing is it doesn't matter if you're forcing the laugh, which people okay. go, "What? I, I need jokes. No, you don't need jokes. This is like meditation. <laughs> you can make this choice. There are people in um, in Asia that ride on their bicycles with, um, they have chopsticks in their mouth because the healing enzymes are released just from the smile. So the smile can actually release these things within you. So let's do a ha-ha on our breath this time. Ready? 
<laughs> I feel so silly. <laughs> no, good. Fake it till you make it. By the way, by the way, it doesn't matter if you're faking it. Your body doesn't know any different, does it? Your body is still breathing. So you're oxygenating your body. Healing endorphins are now being released in your body. You might think that's silly because no, you've been programmed a certain great. way, but it literally. Aaron, happens. I don't see you doing the ha ha ha. No, it's going to happen. Watch this. Watch this. It, 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 oh, what where are you, you going? Where are you going? You got to go to the bathroom. What are you? What are you doing? Where are you going? What's happening? Oh, you're blowing your nose. Okay, I'm watching oh, okay. you. Uh, Seeing if you're doing the ha ha ha's. No, okay, here we go. Okay, now what? now okay. Now, Next okay, one? now we're gonna now we're gonna just laugh, laugh, laugh. And okay. I will do my first laughidation by expressing things that are really painful. Oh no, True but, laughter. but it's but it's a release. Okay. Because then you find out how meaningless it all is, right? Okay, ready? Here we go. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> it's contagious. Just laugh about how stupid this is. What are you just, doing? La just laugh at how absolutely ridiculous. Don't look at him. Don't analyze. Okay. Just let it go. This is all. This is what you need to do. Come on, Lana. <laughs> Craig, <laughs> all of my kids' money is gone oh, for God. education. <laughs> uh, based on a divorce that she won't stop. I've seen the judge so much this robe. I feel like I need to give him a loofah. <laughs> oh Come on, keep laughing. Just let it go. This is my pain. I'm letting go. <laughs> my kid. That's so my, sad. My oldest child. <laughs> the money I have, he couldn't get into DeVry Institute. <laughs> oh, God. Craig. <laughs> oh, my God. See? Oh. Your head prevents you from Is it my it. head? It's oh. your head. It's your I'm... mind thoughts that prevent you. My mind thoughts. Here you are feeling bad. It's to feel good. This is for your wellness. Well, if you can't laugh at the sad stuff, then really you've got, you've to got laugh Yeah, no, you got to. And like to. I said, you should fake it. All right, here you go. So that was the first part of, of, of it. So should which, I laugh while I, I say get, something which sad? Which I get the audiences to do that. Okay. And they eventually and it didn't happen in this room because we did a very short one and you guys were in your heads we got producer head over here that's going on not getting it and you're you're getting like you're well going, i just don't know that if i, I want to be like laughing about my sadness you don't want to be vulnerable an audience but don't people, you understand but... that a laugh is uh, it's an acronym for a, a love acceptance understanding gratitude and humility and and it's that humility that really allows us to grow because then we're admitting our faults. It's a wonderful thing to do, or we're figuring things out. So yeah. you want to try it? You want to try it? So I'll laugh do with I you. Laugh I'm with you. I, so I start laughing and tell you something sad that's you, happening? You tell me. You're, so you're putting it out to the universe so that you can get well. Okay? Oh, God. This is for your own self. All right. No one else. <laughs> All right. No, let the laughter go. Let it Come on, get it. Make it deep. <laughs> <laughs> my dog just died. <laughs> and then my grandmother kicked it like two weeks later. <laughs> and my husband's divorcing me after 17 years together. I'm not going to laugh. I'm going to cry, no, no, Craig. No, it's the same thing you laugh till no. you cry. Come on, let it out. It's a wonderful. See, this is great. You're accessing these feelings. It doesn't matter. You can't identify the feelings if they're bad or good. These oh, there are, they are. There, there they are. They're good feelings that are coming out, and you need to get to those feelings. That's the thing that we need to access, but we put them away through all of our methods that we're taught. And these are not your little child that wants to emerge and have its potency revealed. And that's what our light is. We're a light. But we extinguish our light by all these thoughts that think, oh, this is bad to cry. This is bad to laugh. I'm not supposed to laugh at this. All these supposed to way you're supposed to live. 
they're telling you how to live instead of you seizing your life. Well, I definitely think laughter is good medicine. It is. And I like to be the open medicator. Up, open up and say hi, <laughs> I baby. Like to make I got people your laugh. tongue depressor, baby. <laughs> but you think as a comic that you get into this because you do have a lot of pain and you can make other people laugh through theirs? And Not a question. That's why I got in. And now I'm understanding that uh, maybe there was another master plan there to first get it myself or eventually get it myself. I didn't first get it myself. I just thought it was all about performing like a monkey, like the right. flying monkeys. Right. I got to go do my job. And you know? dance on stage. Dance. But, do whatever you need to do. But now you're sharing in a deeper now, level. Now it's, now it's like giving a gift. You hand them the gift. Yeah, a lot of people don't want it. You know, there's people listening to the podcast right now. Might might have even turned it off, going, "This is a bunch of crap." Right. Oh my God, I don't want to hear this. But a if bunch one of, person because they're not ready to hear right. the, or receive the gift, a lot of us, I can't even receive gifts for years. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'll go, "Oh, how this one? How what this one cost?" And then I have to go buy them one that's double the cost. <laughs> so I feel better about myself. Yeah. You know, because I can't just can't receive somebody giving me something. They must have an agenda. They must have an ulterior motive. It's just like, no, I, my, my motives, I'm not getting paid to even do this podcast. <laughs> do I get gas money or anything? <laughs> anything? Oh, that's I got good. a bottle of water. I, by the way, I will Let's take another bottle that of one. water. I will take one sealed and take it back to my house and that's celebrate. That's your payment. <laughs> I, I got paid in water. a bottle of water. That's what we do over here. We, we make sure to make sure you're well hydrated and well, and well yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They... I am well fed from the uh, energy that's in the room. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll pay you in positive vibes. How's mm -hmm. that? <laughs> Maybe oh someone gosh. will go to my website and get my book, craigshoemaker.com. You know what? It's Shoemaker, by the way, not Schumacher, which people call me. There's no umlaut. I'm not <laughs> off the boat from Bavaria. There's not Schumacher. Schumacher? There's no Schumacher. We're just a little cobbler family. <laughs> Shoemaker. Yes, Craig no, definitely, guys. Definitely go check out Craig Shoemaker online. Craig, you're truly one of my favorite comics oh, and thank people. You. Like, I've watched and admired you as a comedian for years. Thank you. And uh, and folks, if you don't know about Craig, now you do, and he's amazing. And I see. Like... It's even hard for me to hear this uh, to take in this gift that you're giving me because I want to come amazing. back and go. No, you, no, Lana. Shucks. You, shucks. you're the one. <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah. And that's that's a lot of work you got to do on yourself to be able to even. Except Take a it compliment. In. Well, it yeah. sounds I've been like getting them been... lately, uh, you know, from surprise sources. Like, that surprises me that it comes out of you. Out because, of me? Well, well really? yeah, because I have comics, and it's my problem, my issue. Uh -huh. I have. I actually wrote a one-person show about leaving comedy because of comedians. I left. That was part of the reason that I left comedy. Because really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just... Because comedians weren't respectful of what you're... Oh. Well, that, that, and then, you know, for a while I was pretty big, so I got to be the guy that had the target, you know. Right. I got to be, you know, Dane Cook for a minute, and Jeff Dunham for a minute, and Carlos Mencia for a minute, and, you know, and all the manifestations of those resentments coming at you. Oh, I hated it. And it's not... And here I am going, hey, I just want to make people laugh. I want to entertain... And then you've got the analysis, and then you've got the the vitriol that's attached to it. So I purposely, and this is unfortunate because I love laughter and love comedy, and have the highest regard for comedy. I think it's the most disrespected, but should be the most respected art form because we do everything. I remove myself from comedians. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even even Ralph, even Ralphie was nice enough to invite me to your wedding. I didn't go to the wedding. One of the reasons I didn't go to the wedding is I don't want to be around comedians because I think that they're talking about me. Isn't that a horrible way to live? 
Well, it's understandable because there's there's sort of like um, there's two sides of comedy. There are people who there's like the dark side of comedy where people sort of resent other people's success Correct. and yeah. kind of look at it like, uh, and then and then there's sort of the other side where I've always tried to stay, which is I'm going to be doing this for my whole life. Mm-hmm. I love it, and you know, success it comes and and goes, and and but the the fun of it is. I, I've never looked at anybody else's career and thought, well, fuck, that should be me. Or, you know, it just, that's not me. I'm, I am I love and respect the people. I even, I love watching open mic. Right. I love seeing new comics. And I absolutely love watching comics like you because you've been at it for so long and you're so good. And it's just, it's an honor. And, and I don't think comedy has an expiration date. Like, when I first moved to L.A., I had the honor of seeing Milton Berle and Buddy right. Hackett and all these guys that were doing a stand-up in their 90s. And you're just like, yeah. oh, that's what it's about. It's not about it's, – it's, there's a journey we're all on. And so when yeah, we, you can't compare yourself to someone you else's cannot. journey. By the way, I've had the successes. I remember one that I had that became – now, here you have these goals of trophies. We're handed trophies. And you think, oh, that's success. And I realized that when you get these successes, it actually leads you backwards because now you think, oh, what's the next hit? We talked about narcissism being addictive. So I won the Comedian of the Year American Comedy Awards, right? Previous winners were like Jerry Seinfeld, Ellen DeGeneres, Jeff Foxworthy. So I figured, oh, now I'm due for a TV show about a gay redneck and a show about nothing (laughs) (laughs) or something. I'm due for something now. And I got the award and they gave me a limo. And uh, it was it was the most prestigious award at, at its time. It was on ABC. Was, a legend gave it to me. It was Lily Tomlin and wow. Roseanne. Here he is, Craig Shoemaker and all that. Now, you would think that this would be just so fulfilling to me and that the it would absolutely be someone's success. Like, there's, how many other comedians are winning this award? How many other comedians wish they had that award? It was the loneliest night of my life. Oh. I was in the back of the limo going, where do I go? Where do I go? Who's going to want to share this with me that doesn't resent me for Aww. winning this? Think about that. Yeah. So this is little Craig Shoemaker who still thinks he's a little kid, you know, who's you're getting wedgies and getting beat up and stuff in high school. And I'm in the back of the limo going, and he says, where do you want to go? And I go, oh, no, because I wanted people to see me in a limo. Oh, I had the trophy. I had the big trophy, this big crystal trophy, the comedian of the year. And I said, let's go to the comedy store. Again, this toxic area where comics hang out and resent and talk it's about one another. It's a lot better now, but yeah. Okay, yeah, so really I went in there and I walked in with my award and I am still ashamed to this day that I did that because I could hear But you hear thought them. people would be proud of you and excited, but they're- Right, yeah. it's and, the opposite. It's the no, opposite. They, you heighten their resentments. Yeah. That's what you're and, doing or when they, you they win think, this. Oh, what a douchebag. He carried his award into the, the what club. A douche- oh, I was a douchebag yeah, and I was because- I could see people responding that way, but you know what? Even if you I didn't walk in with proud. it, I was still winning that thing. Yeah, it's not going to have people going, way sucks. to go. I am so proud and happy for you. Most people are going to go, how come he's got that and I don't? How come so-and-so doesn't have it because they're a better comedian? I deem them to be a better comedian. Mm-hmm. All those things happen. So my self-esteem, which one would think would be at its height, went to its lowest in one shot like that. What a shame. And then I won you know, Emmy Awards. I won... Uh, you know, all these things, they mean nothing. I don't even put them, display them at my house because they mean nothing. What I have at my house is children smiling and the things they give me for Father's Day, you know, which that has value to me. 
Well, isn't know. that cool then? Yeah. You know, like um, I always look at. I I had when I first moved um, to L.A. There was this, there was a comic that I I met and I just he was so successful and he kind of like was shitbagging on his career and I was like wow I'm I'm like lucky right. if I can pay my rent this month yeah and yeah. I just realized how relative I, I think I had some really lucky lessons early on in my career because I just realized we're everybody's on a mountain walking up mm-hmm. but nobody and everyone's looking ahead of them but nobody takes time to look behind them and see how far up the mountain are because when I look at you Craig I just think wow you're so high up the mountain like you're so successful and I've watched you and admired your stand up for years and it's such an honor to hang out with you yeah and but I'm not that's successful if I compare myself to others. There's uh, other, there's plenty of other comics. But that you're I can the go, definition of success. Not in my definition. Yeah. You know, I mean, how come I've never had a television show? The one that I had was the one of the biggest failures in the history of television. Really? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I was I the co-host know. of the Magic Johnson show. Oh. Magic Johnson had a talk show, The Magic Hour, and I was the co-host. I remember and the Magic Hour. It was, literally, it was yeah. literally the death of any career I could have had. <laughs> so do you feel like that being associated with that was no, sort of? No, no, that's not the reason. Just, I'm saying I'm making a joke, and I have a really funny routine I do about <laughs> The Magic Johnson Show, one of the worst experiences ever, but I laugh about it now. So do you still yeah. want a TV show? Is this like a goal? No, that's the thing is that goal is there. But it's not there. I think the people that succeed in life, like I hang out with wealthy people. And I, I realized something. I come from poverty. I used to think the word evict meant move when I was a kid. <laughs> I thought they were the same word. Like, look, mommy, here's the eviction truck. And we would pack up and move again. And uh, so it's all your perception and, and right. your perspective. So what I learned about the wealthy people, you could say this about comedians, is they live for money. They live their life. Everything in their life is tailored around. They wake up and they look at stocks. They talk to people who are associated with them. They join country clubs with other wealthy people. Every single thought that they have is about manifesting more money because that is their happiness. I'm not saying some of them aren't happy, but I can tell you a lot of them aren't because what's your earmark of success? Is it a billion dollars a year? And are you touching that? Are you feeling that? Are you having happiness? I, a guy gave me a tour of his mansion. I remember thinking to myself, what's this doing? I said, all it's doing is making me pissed off at you being an asshole. Give me a tour of your mansion. And we're not laughing about it. He's like, oh, look at this new painting. <laughs> no, I'm not even having a f- fun whatsoever watching him brag about what he possesses. You see what I'm saying? So what is the success? What is the terms of success? So I look at you know, I look at some of these comedians and I go, well, do, is, it a, is it a television show? And then you see what it does to some people. Some people makes them worse. Or they think, oh, I got to top that one. I got to top that one. If you're in that cycle, you're in trouble, in my opinion. Well, That's what I've observed anyway. I don't know. I've always, I'm, I'm a big fan. So um, it's it's always so cool to hang out with you. And, well, well, thank you. <laughs> I don't do it Hopefully often enough. Hopefully you're still a fan after all yeah. of my after all of my. No, I think I think I think for Psychic you, talk. I think you found your success. And it's making people laugh and helping them find their inner joy, and that's, that's correct. Yeah, and in, switch to that. And in essence, that is like probably what your whole purpose and even being the love master, because you are like making people better. Well, he's a greatest hit. It's like that's my born to run. Right. Fortunately, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately. You know, Springsteen does Born to Run. I'm sure he's tired of it, but he can't change the lyrics like I can. He can't right. go, baby, I'm born to trot. He can't do that. <laughs> you know, he would mess everybody up. But it, there is that familiarity. I people yell it up, you know. So when I retired, I actually planned on retiring the Love Master. And now I'm finding that I cannot do that. I just can rewrite the lines. 
well, because people really do know that character and want that, you know, for whatever. And that was another one that comics rejected. I mean, the comics just think it's a big dick joke and they don't look anything more behind it, beyond it. And I just like, you know, whatever, you know, they're going to do what they do. And I got to do, I have to do what works for me. And here's the, here's the, here's the rub though, is you still have to, I still have to promote and I don't like self-promotion. And that's the thing is that's the irony is, is or the difficulty. The rub is that I got to self-promote, but that's not, that doesn't feel like what I want to do when I'm giving back. So you have to self-promote to get the people to listen to your message or right. to get, get receive your gift. Yeah. And that's the difficult thing about it. Yeah, that's always a challenge. But you know what? We never talked about Brian McDaniel. <gasps> do we have it didn't time? Happen. No, but that's cool. It's all right. We'll talk about Brian with a with another guest. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you had a lot to share, and you made us laugh and a little cry. That and was it's really been nice. A, it's been nice. an episode, a great episode of the Perfect Ten Podcast, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope we made you laugh or examine laughter a little bit, and yeah. and learned a little bit about the amazing Craig Shoemaker's career here. Go, Craig, go to my retreat, you? Enlightened so, Up Retreat. Enlightened Up Retreat. We gotta go. I want you to come. You could use some healing. Sure, if I can Sponsored make it. Sponsored by Laughter Heals. Or maybe I can help make some people laugh. You said you bring comics out to make people laugh? We have comics that are going to take the stage, absolutely. I'd love we're gonna, to. We're if you need an extra well. person to come and participate, I'm all about it. That would be my honor. Awesome. Um, so we'll talk about that. You got it. And uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to Perfect 10. Get online, rate us, subscribe. Hit me up if you need to. Lana Turner, L-A-H-N-A-T-U-R-N-E-R. And um, thank you again. See you next week. Thank you, thank you for listening to Perfect Ten. Tune in next week when we'll do it again. Hit up Facebook and Twitter and tell all of your friends and... Well, you get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers.